What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vegas, a.k.a. Mr. 702, live from the building, and we are about to go under the armor. Life is not fair. As a African-American man, this is something that I have to experience in more than one way. Life is not fair. It's something that I believe when we first experience it, shatters our world. There is a part of us that wants life to be just and fair, that wants a world that if you work your best, you will, you will be rewarded. And if you are a bad guy, you will get your just due. A world where our criminal justice system is as pure as Superman. And racism is an old ancient tale that we tell our children to scare them into doing the right thing. Where major businesses care more about its people then it's profit. Unfortunately, that world does not exist. We don't live in a fair or a just world. We live in a world where you can do all the right things and still end up on the short end of the stick. We live in a world where Who you are as far as name and oftentimes race is more important than what you are as far as your soul and your moral compass. We live in a world where it's unlawful to commit harm to another person, but depending on a myriad of factors... Justice can either be something that is so war and wrath-like or just a little tap on the wrist. We live in a world where companies can shut down their factories and move them overseas so they don't have to adhere to our quote-unquote American standards. But I have a question. How do you deal with the harsh reality of knowing that you live in an unfair world? You have to deal with it. You have to get past this world not being fair. You have to get past this world not being just. We have to get past this world not being righteous. Me personally, I look at life on the level of nature. Nothing is fair in the wild. You have prey. You have predator. You have the hunted. 
and you have the hunter. The old are left to die due to their inability to keep pace with the pack. Nature does not have any inclination of feelings. Their inability to feel is what allows nature to be most primal. Now, whether this be right or wrong, nature does not debate. It simply exists. The ability to think separates us from animals. However, it is simply my theory that this same ability oftentimes creates a fake utopia for us, a world that is not realistic and a world in which we live in that may not align with the real world. Now, I'm sure if you are a upper to middle class citizen, your world is quite different from somebody that is in poverty and that experiences the hardship of not having the financial resources to enjoy life as others. The world does not exist to help or aid everyone. We are not given the same starting point when we begin our lives. And opportunities are not rationed out to maintain balance. There is no cap on these businesses with how much income they can gross. There is a world where, to my belief, the middle class is the most poor, the rich are getting richer, and there are those who would be considered within the line of poverty that have figured out how to work the government to make their life easier However, this is the jungle. There is no Superman coming to save us. There is no body that's going to... There is no Robin Hood that is stealing to the rich and giving to the poor. We live in a jungle. A jungle of predators and prey. A jungle where... What you may think is righteous and fair could be something that only you feel inside. Such is life. Life is not fair. The process of a habit. So it is now March. We have officially finished the first quarter of 2021. How are those resolutions going? How is improving your diet? Have you stopped procrastinating? Are you earning more money? 
Have you finally started that business? And are you on the path to get yourself out of debt? The habit loop is something you learn in Psych 101. But I believe that it is a masterful tool that can allow you to manipulate yourself into taking your desires, goals, and wants and creating a substantial habit that will allow you to achieve them. And for those who have never heard, what is the habit loop? Well, it's four key components. The cue, the craving, the response, the reward. Now, the cue is what triggers your brain. It is very, very primal. Think your basic necessities, food, water, survival, shelter, sex. Our mind is always analyzing our environment, both internally and externally, for hints of where a reward could be. In other words, if we were all to be honest, we are always looking for a reward. The craving. Now, this is the motivational force. This is the fuel, the power that is behind the habit. Without a craving, we will not be motivated to act. And every craving is linked to a desire to change your internal state. Your craving is very unique to yourself. While I believe cues are essentially basic human desire, your craving is more based upon individuality. So this could be your upbringing, this could be your ideology, this could be your theories in life that has a big impact on how you crave. Cravings are so important because you can have a cue and honestly, it can be irrelevant. It is only when it is interpreted into a thought and that thought into a feeling and that feeling into an emotion that you develop a craving. It's kind of like if you wanted to stop doing something, but there is no desire to stop doing it, then you are not going to stop. After the cue and the craving, there's the response. Now, the response is where the habit is performed. Think go time. Think action. The craving is the thought and the emotion. And the response is the action to such thought or emotion. Now, your response is going to be influenced by several factors. And we all know the most YouTube-worthy, TED Talk-inspired factor, motivation. 
Motivation is going to decide so much when it comes to this habit loop. We are a species who ranks tasks by motivation. We rank them by how much effort is required for the action. We often delay said action if it requires a massive amount of physical or mental effort, such as doing your homework, writing that essay, or going to the gym. It requires so much more effort than scrolling Facebook and watching TV and sitting at home and relaxing. Now, there is another factor that I don't think gets discussed enough, which is your ability. If you are able to run and jump and you have agility and coordination, then the act of playing basketball can seem effortless or light when compared to something as complex as writing a 20-page essay. Within that same content, if you are naturally gifted with numbers, then math is not going to require a lot of effort or motivation. Therefore, the response is going to be something that you can do without having to muster up motivation in order to complete it. Now, after the cue and the craving and the response is the most important thing, which is the reward, the end goal. We go to school to get a degree. We listen to our parents to get rewarded. We go to work to get financial funds. The end goal is always going to be important and, in theory, most important because while the cue identifies the reward and the craving makes the reward a desire connecting emotion to it and the response is the actions that are taken in order to obtain the reward, without the reward, none of this is possible. We chase rewards for two reasons. They satisfy us and they teach us. So take a moment and think about the things that you are trying to accomplish, whether they be in your personal life, your professional life, your business life. How can you create sustainable habits, understanding that all habits need to go through the habit loop. Philia is love that is non-affectionate yet runs deep. What we would classify as a true friendship. This is the love that you have for the person that you have known since kindergarten. This is the love that you have for your sorority sisters when y'all were all pledging together. This is the love that you have for your battle buddy who you went into war with. 
This love is non-romantic and occurs between family and friends. However, I do feel that filia love is very important in a relationship between partners. When you are able to develop filia love, it can strengthen and fortify the relationship. Filia love occurs when people share the same values and ideology. So this is so key for those moments of getting to know someone. I think that filia love would be the example of you go to basic and you are from the West Coast and you meet somebody from New York and after getting mentally and physically and emotionally abused by your drill sergeant day in and day out, you and this person start to have conversations because y'all are bunkmates and you find out that y'all have things in common and that y'all share similar ideas and values. Philly I love is shared between people who have a high regard for one another and it is the catalyst of a relationship that is built on mutual respect. If you have love, Philly I love for your friend, then you might not agree with them. Y'all might not even always be on the same page, but there is a strong, deep respect for that person. There is a investment and an equity in that person because you and that person have not only shared experiences together, but have unpeeled yourself And that person knows the true you, not the representative that you may show on social media, not the person that your job may know, but they know the true you. I think filia love is created within the mind and it is built through experiences of deep connection. Now, this could be something as simple as having a deep conversation and learning that you and this person, moms both pass and how that happened and how you had to deal with it growing up. This could be being downrange in a life or death situation and having to survive and talk about it with that person because y'all both experienced it. I believe that filia love is so valuable because it allows an individual to be completely vulnerable due to the deep trust they have with one another. I think that Philly I Love is the support when a person is enduring trials and tribulations or they are trying to wrestle with grief and loss. Philly I love is something that I believe is a lost art. I don't think that a lot of us make those 
deep friendship connections like we used to. I can only speak for myself. I don't have really many friends that I would say that are ultra deep. And I think maybe that's because when I was a child or a teenager, I moved from Las Vegas to Ohio. And then I moved from Ohio to Pittsburgh. And then I went back to back to Ohio from Pittsburgh. But I actually ended up going to a different school. However, I'm always reminded here or there of some of the deep relationships that I have developed over time, especially with those that are in the army. One of my greatest, 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 greatest battle buddies, um, his name is OJ. He's from San Bernardino, California. And I mean, I probably haven't talked to OJ in about three, four, or five years. Every now and again, we'll, I'll see something on, on social media of his and I'll like it or I'll comment on it. But the other day, we actually were talking to one another and it was so crazy because like we literally had a conversation like we talked to each other every day even though there had been a gap in time um when we didn't talk and i believe that our relationship is able to do this because we spent basic together and then once we got out of basic i went to Fort Bliss, Texas and El Paso. And then he went to Fort White Sands in New Mexico and we were right there next to each other. So not only did we spend basic enduring all the hell that is in basic, enduring the physical discomfort and the mental discomfort, the gas chamber and the food that didn't taste that great, making sure we looked out for one another when it came to picking MREs and always having each other back when it came to doing guard duty, making sure that neither one of us got caught sleeping. We developed such a strong bond and we have such a strong respect and just understanding of one another that our Filiate love, though we may not speak every day, is still as strong as it was when we was in basic training. Remember, to be more real, be more human, be more honest. Catch me next time as we continue to go under the armor. Thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out my podcast, Vegas Mr. 702. If you want to hit me up on social media, Facebook, Joshua Broomfield, Instagram, Vegas Mr. 702, or you can go directly to the website, VegasMr702.com, where you can see a list of services I provide, such as personal training, business consultation, fitness modeling, and life coaching. Check me out.